is Clayton Howe's Entertainment X. For part two with Tyler Mount, we dive even deeper into the conversation on producing. And Tyler is extremely generous. Some of the lessons he's learned thus far are <laughs> extremely educational. And I know they were solid takeaways for me, as I'm sure they will be for you. So I hope you enjoy this part two with Tyler Mount. And not to not to get you to give away any secrets or anything, but I am curious. Is Have you found anything that works in terms of finding the community of people who want to participate in theater that are not in, absolutely in midtown absolutely and look there are no secrets here i constantly am am you know taking calls and and meeting with younger people right, right. we're like i want to do this right i i will always say and i don't know where i heard this probably oprah winfrey as well but <laughs> i i you know i really live my life by me lighting your candle doesn't extinguish my own right mm. me helping you to be wildly successful doesn't mean i no longer can't because you're taking from my pool that's not how this works great mindset. so there are there are no secrets here and i would tell the world right sure the way i do this is I started very small. I went to everyone in my life, past and present, mm. even if I hadn't talked to them in you know, in 10 years, right? Like my high school principal, right? Reached out and said, hey, this is what I'm doing now. Would you be interested in taking a call with me? Mm. I was relentless until they said, no, it's not, it's not a good fit for me. Fine. Mm. Fantastic. Thanks for letting me know. Yeah. But whenever they say no, and 99.9% .9 of people do say no, I say, no problem. I totally understand. It has to be the right time and the right show. Do you know three people who might be interested though? Do you know mm -hmm. three people who might be interested in this once in a lifetime opportunity? Mm -hmm. And 95% of people will respond to that email with three names. Why? Because that is the only value add they can give you. And they're in a moment of feeling bad for not writing you a check for $50,000, which in all reality, they shouldn't be feeling bad about it all. Because again, I'm not upset. It's, right. not a, it's not a good fit for them. And that's why they shouldn't be investing in the show. But they will always give you that list of names. And guess what? I go to those three people, and if those three people say no, I ask for three each. So then you can see how this exponentially multiplies my investor list. Yep. From there, I will always tell people, by taking a chance and working with me at the beginning of my career, you get rewarded long term, right? Mm -hmm. So the first person to ever invest in my show, um, my first Broadway show once on this island, is the first person, no matter what, that I call for every project. Mm. Then I go to the second person who invested in me and it keeps going down the line. So when I have Hades Town and everyone, I raced for that show in three hours, right? Yeah. Every single person said yes. And it, it, I only had so much space, right? Mm -hmm. So it was the first three people that I called and they all said yes and we're done. So number four was asking and I said, unfortunately, I don't need space. And, and that's how I, that's how I, you know, work, work my business. Your first three investors, were they first yeah. asks or were they one of those three names that were given to you as a result of a not right now? Um, one was a first ask. Okay. The other two, um, the other two were second asks. I love that. It's just interesting to see, yeah. you know, how it, and as time goes on, uh, with what you invest for, how has your taste evolved in what mm. you decide to work? Well, on? let me, let me tell you. So the reason I do shows, and this is and this is sincere, it's it's what shows might not, keyword might not, get produced without me. I understand that in the large scheme of things, if I wasn't attached to Hades Town, that's still getting produced. I'm not naive to that fact. Okay. Mm -hmm. However, what content is new and exciting mm -hmm. and and 
better represents the arts community and better represents the world we live in. Okay. Mm -hmm. So shows like, you know, like, I don't know, Groundhog's Day, Mean Girls, fantastic shows, so much fun, but they are commercial big box musicals that are based on, you know, an already proven, um, an already proven concept. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and they're backed by major studios, right? So like universal was an investor in, in mean girls. So Mm -hmm. it, it, that's not the story that I need to be telling. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay? The stories that I want to be telling are the ones on this island, like the story of an empowered woman of color. It's Frankie and Johnny, the first time that it had been casted commercially, interracially, and not to make a statement. It's because Audra McDonald was the best person for that role. Mm-hmm. It's Hadestown, a, a, a wildly diverse cast of characters. It's The Inheritance, the seven-hour gay drama that deals with um, uh, an LGBT coming-of-age story. Mm-hmm. It's Passover the, that was spurred by you know the tragic murder of Trayvon Martin. So it's those type of pieces that I, you know, that I like to participate in. And let me be clear, Mm -hmm. right? Um, My taste, the more I do this, has been removed further and further and further. Why? Because a successful producer, I have learned, can't let their taste affect their decisions. We know statistically, depending on what resource you look at, one in five or one in six shows recoup on Broadway. So if you're doing the math, Four or five out of that six, those six shows, you lose your money or lose a portion of your money. Yeah. Right. So what is actually interesting is if you were to blindly invest, Mm -hmm. right, take your taste out of it. And I would just point to 10. You are going to, on average, make more money than you would in the stock market. Why? Mm -hmm. Because once you remove your taste and you widen and diversify your portfolio, you're, you're able to actually make money on Broadway. Again, I understand what that means. You have to have a significant, significant amount of disposable income to invest a minimal of $50,000 across sure. shows. But, but ultimately, that's where my taste has started and evolved. Um, but I'm initially drawn to projects for, for the subject matter. You know, when I had Hunter Arnold on the show, he had the same similar yeah. conversation with me about what you, invest, what you know may make money might not be your taste, but it can fund what your taste is, which may not make money, but is a story that needs to be told. So absolutely. And that is one of the biggest lessons that Hunter taught me. Like, yeah. I, I know I'm not going to, I'm not going to speculate on what shows those are for him, but there are clearly shows that he loves and are his passion. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, I'll speak on his behalf. It's like the inheritance. He, he right. blatantly told me it was probably the top three most profound producing experiences he will ever have in his life. Mm-hmm. Right. Did that make money? No, it, it closed early. Um, but his other hits, whether he was passionate about it or not, I certainly don't know. But his other hits what were able to fuel his ability to produce that. So there is a time and place for all theater. The stock market moment you just brought up. I've been trying to figure this out when people say theaters are risky, you know, risky investments, risky. It's the most risky investment you'll ever do. I'm curious, in your opinion, where does it fall in the land of investments from most risky to least risky with like real estate in there or stock market? Does anything come to mind? Oh, my gosh. So it's I mean, like whenever we're talking about cross market investment, 
Yeah. I'm certainly not like a world's leading expert when it comes to that portion. What I what I will tell you is any financial planner would consider an investment on Broadway what we would consider a luxury investment or um, an exotic investment. Yeah. Meaning you do it for fun, you're probably going to lose your money. Uh, you know what I mean? Period. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. And real estate is certainly riskier than putting $100,000 in the S&P. P 500, right? right? Because that's diversified. However, you know, if COVID has taught us anything, the housing market in suburban America has skyrocketed, yeah. sometimes as much as 50, 60, 70% in some suburban areas around the country. Mm. That's a far better investment than putting your money, in my opinion, it's not financial advice, in my opinion, than getting 10% returns in a money market account. Now, it's obviously much riskier because if that tanks next year, then you could lose 70%. Right. Um, but ultimately it comes down to, do you feel good about what you're investing in? Yes. Then are we willing to lose that money for that feeling? Then let's do it. If not, then we shouldn't do it. I will tell anyone who is on the fence, if you are on the fence and you are going to have to change your quality of life in order to write me a check for $50,000, you should, you should not be an investor. Right. Right. I love, right. action, I love, I love actionable takeaways. What are your general, and you don't have to like, they change, I'm sure, general sources daily. Like, are you looking at Broadway Briefing? Are you looking at CNBC? Mm -hmm. Are you, what are your go-tos? Yeah, I mean, so I read Broadway Briefing every morning. Um, I have Twitter alerts set up for the major Broadway publications. I obviously, based on my blog and my work in the community, I'm just like so many people here, I'm not special in this regard, but like, you know, connected and hear and see, you know, the rumors and, you know, like I, sure. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm pretty to a lot of that stuff, but right. you know, outside of that, I always believe that I am in the right place at the right time Amen. and the, the right show and the right opportunity will always present itself. I love the Tyler Mount ventures. This seems like <clears throat> a very pinnacle moment for you as you have your own thing. And I'm curious, yeah. what was the foundation of it? What was the decision? I know you're with Playbill and then that ended. And that, so what was this journey to the Tyler Mount ventures? Yeah. Yeah. So I was starting with the vlog, like I've worked in digital content production and digital strategy for as long as I can remember now. Uh, <laughs> I mean, certainly since the time I've gotten, gotten here to New York. Right. Um, and, you know, I had a great opportunity to collaborate with Playbill and, and work for them for about three years, an incredible part of my life. Mm -hmm. um, and then I left to continue doing that, but for NBC. And then I left there and, and, you know, continued to do that for other, you know, for other employers. And then, you know, once COVID struck and, and I found myself um, without a job, I was like, I'm going and no Broadway and no vlog and no producing. I was like, I'm going to continue to do what I'm passionate about and what I love doing, which is helping people with content and making money while doing it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so I applied for a job um, with a man named John Ledger, who is the former CEO of T-Mobile um, as his you know, private social concierge. Mm -hmm. And he, um, he gave me the job. And then from there, um, I started to get more and more offers um, for work. Um, John was my first client. Then I added Ryan Serhant, the world's most um, successful real estate broker on earth. 
Um, and then, you know, I had, and that just continued to grow and grow and grow until I couldn't take on any more work. Yeah. So I hired an entire team and now I represent some of the most, you know, affluent, biggest household names, um, in the entertainment, pharmaceutical, industrial product, consumer goods spaces, totally wild. But Come on. Here we are. Yeah. <laughs> the, okay. I love how we glossed over this one, John and Ryan. What were those conversations? Yeah. How did that begin? What was that? Let me tell you, John and Ryan are the most delightful human beings on earth. They are so kind and so sweet and deserve all of their success and hustlers, mm. right? Um, you know, and without going into too much detail, sure. it, it, was, it was, you know, a, a great conversation. They came in very complimentary of my experience. And most importantly, I, I just, you know, was so passionate about the opportunity to work with them, to learn from them and to grow with them. Um, and sure, I obviously bring something to the table. They wouldn't have hired me if I didn't, but it is definitely an opportunity that, you know, has, has definitely, again, me being in the right place at the right time that has led me down a path to, to where I am today. So, um, those conversations obviously went well. I, I, got hired and I'm still hired by them. And, and I love, um, I, I love being able to collaborate with some of the largest, you know, and most prominent thought leaders, I would argue in the country. Amen. What, what are you looking towards in the future with Tyler Mount Ventures? Where's that? Where do you see that headed for yourself? I just want to continue to scale and grow. Uh, right. my company has experienced such monumental growth that I was never expecting since I started in May. Um, that, I just want to continue that growth. I love leading a team. I love not answering to, you know, I love not answering to, to someone. Um, not because, not because I, I don't do well in that situation. I, I worked in corporate America for a long time and, and I enjoyed that collaboration, mm. but ultimately it's the first time I've ever been able to make the decisions and make the calls. Mm. Um, and that's what I love. So I love leading a team and seeing a client's success and seeing them be like, oh my gosh, this is actually working. Like that gets me excited. Yeah. How are you balancing achievement versus fulfillment in your life? Oh my gosh. See, that's, I mean, like we could do an entire podcast about this, Clayton. <laughs> I'm like, uh, it is the story of my life that in all seriousness, I'm terrible at balancing the two. Mm. Achievement is the only way I feel fulfilled, mm. um, which is not healthy. Right. And that is why I'm an achiever, 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 achiever. I have to keep achieving. Or what does that say to me and my character? Mm. So it, it's quite an interesting concept. I don't know if you're now I'm going to get all like hippy dippy on you, but Hi. I don't know if you're familiar or, or your listeners are like, um, you know, familiar with the Enneagram, right? Yeah. The Enneagram, uh, yeah, assigns you a number based on your personality type. And it's wildly insightful on how you can continue to be a, a healthier version of yourself and what are some characteristics of an unhealthy version of yourself. Mm. I am the poster child for being a number three, which is the achiever. <laughs> I'm the person who won my first Tony. And by the time I get back to my seat, I looked at my date, um, my boyfriend at the time, and I was like, I have to win next year. Right. That's a true story. Come on. Um, and I'm the person who is excited and celebrates for 30 minutes. And I'm like, okay, great. What's next? I'm a failure. hundred percent serious. Right. And sure on the outside, I'm like, that drives me to be wildly successful or, or you know, the status quo of successful, um, and busy. 
But does that always bring fulfillment? The answer is no. And so that's what I've really been working towards is finding something which is Tyler Mount Ventures and my digital, you know, my digital strategy company. Um, finding what really does fulfill me and it's leading a team and it's, you know, overseeing accounts and talking to clients and being client facing. So it, it's balancing the I'm achieving, I'm making money and I also am um, fulfilled. I love that. It's a fantastic answer. And someone such as yourself operating at such a level, how are you, how are you doing this work-life balance? Are you turning off after five? You're never turning off. Do you find yourself doing certain things to reset and relax a little bit? Uh, You're always thinking there's no. Absolutely not. I mean, (laughs) there is, there is no off switch. And I mean, like, I wish, I wish I could just show you my calendar. I'm not, and this is common for many people. I'm not special here, but right. in no exaggeration, this entire week, I have been back to back, literally not one break from 8 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. every single day. Right when we're done with this call, I'm jumping on another meeting and repeat until 5.30. From there, I actually can work, right? right? When I'm on this call with you, I'm not writing emails. You know, yeah. I've gotten 18 emails since we started this call. Okay. It's like, that is, that is ultimately my life. And I'm not complaining about it. I'm so blessed. I'm so lucky. And I signed up for it. And I'm signing up again tomorrow, right? Because I love what I'm doing. And I could, you know, I could remove something from my plate. I could get rid of the blog. I could stop, uh, you know, Tyler Mount Productions, you know, my, my producing arm. I could stop Tyler Mount Ventures, which is the digital strategy arm. You know, I could not see my friends. I could mm. not, you know, have a partner. I could, there are many things I could do. Yeah. But I'm not willing to compromise all of that to do what, like sit and watch Netflix. Like I, uh, that's not who I am. <laughs> I love this. It's giving me life. Uh, do you refer to text daily or anything in particular meditation or anything to keep yourself centered? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I, I am, uh, this won't shock you, but I'm neurotic about a lot of things in my life. One of them is attempting, okay. Mm. To be wildly present. Mm. And it is something I struggle with that so many people struggle with is, is being, wildly present you get there by quieting your mind and meditating Mm. so meditation i attempt to make an important part of my life okay but most importantly my bible the actual thing that makes me passionate about what i do is jen sincero's book you are a badass it changed my life i i preach about it to this day if she started a cult i'm not kidding i would wear what she needed me to wear and i'd show up in oregon and i would i would i would would convert okay yeah. because this this woman seemingly without knowing it changed my life right mm. next to oprah jen sincero is like my end-all be-all celebrity crush because she she understood and spoke to me in a way that no other person had and that consequently changed my life so mm. um you're a badass meditation i work out religiously um because that just makes me feel good i'm wildly annoying. I'm gluten-free. I'm vegetarian. I'm like, I try to be very, very, very good. Yeah. Not that I always succeed because Ben and Jerry's is vegetarian and gluten-free. So. <laughs> Come on, Ben and Jerry's. Do you have a yeah. common piece of incorrect advice you hear frequently or have heard before? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my gosh. This is my biggest pet peeve. When people, especially parents yeah. or people in the industry, especially people who have been successful, tell younger people that they have to pay their dues and be miserable in order to find success. Yep. That is my biggest pet peeve. Now, don't get me wrong. It is very common. 
Okay. Hmm. And I will tell you, that's how the world works sometimes. Like for example, in my company, a junior strategist gets less interesting work, not because I'm making them pay their dues, but because the senior strategist has already done that. Right. right? It's, you know, uh, it's Patty Lapone isn't going to do the grunt work of X, Y, and Z because she's already done that. Okay. Um, but that's not to say that person who just got out of college can't star in a Broadway show across from Patty because they haven't paid their dues yet. Mm -hmm. It's this idea that because my life, and I'm not saying this about me, but it's this idea that because my life was hard, I'm going to ensure that, you know, your life has to be hard too. And that is the most wildly strange mindset of I suffered. So I'm going to ensure that, you know, you have to as well. And I think mm -hmm. that is a misnomer. It is not true. It is not a requirement yeah. to find success. It is an, it is a common predisposition on the road to success, but it is not required. Great answer. Do you have any favorite failures or apparent failures that set you up for success? Oh my God. My life is a cacophony. That's my favorite word today. I've never <laughs> used that word until today. I've used it 80 times. Um, my entire yeah. life is a cacophony of failures, right? And you only see what I put on Instagram and you only see my Tony in the back spinning, right? Yeah. It's like, that's all fine and dandy, but you didn't see me, you know, um, get, you know, um, lose a, lose a job in October. You didn't see me get fired from a Broadway show. You didn't see me, you know, um, fail at raising enough money for a production and having to pull out and all of my, you know, like it was not a good, it was, it was not a good moment. Um, you haven't seen me get rejected by hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of performers, never rudely, but hundreds of performers who told me like, they're not doing the vlog. It's not big enough. Um, you didn't see people telling me I needed to change in order to be successful. You didn't see all of that. Um, you know, all, all of that bottom of the iceberg, you're only seeing the top. So I think it's important to remember that someone who is seemingly successful is you're only seeing 10% of that. You're not seeing the seemingly 90% of failure on failure on failure on failure. Like we have to remember that people like Patti Lapone, living legend, offer only, still auditions and she oftentimes doesn't get the role, right? Mm -hmm. um, and not to like watch your feet because I'm about to name drop, but um, <laughs> um, when, I was, when I was working with Patti Lapone, Patti was in her dressing room and I was talking to her very briefly and um, I, I was like getting valuables before the show or something. Right? Mm -hmm. So she was telling me how to this day, she feels like she isn't a good performer. Mm -hmm. And that was such an iconic moment for me um, mm -hmm. because I was like, if I would say arguably one of the top 10 most iconic performers in Broadway history can look at you and be like, eh, I don't know if I'm good. It's so, so, so common. And it's okay to feel that way sometimes. I love that. Metaphorically speaking, if you could put a word or a phrase on a billboard for millions of people to see, does anything come to mind? Absolutely. Does it, is it only one word or is it a phrase? It can be a changing billboard. You could have a few phrases. It's what you want. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so definitely my, my, my phrases of choice are give love. It's, it is the moral of my blog. I say it at the end of every single episode with every single guest, mm -hmm. you meet some awful human beings in life, no matter what industry you work in. We're very lucky to work in the Broadway community and the majority of people, especially the people I've been blessed enough to have in my life and meet along this journey have been wildly kind and wildly giving and sweet. Okay. Mm -hmm. But there are some people who are not. 
And my platform will always be built on being kind and giving love. Mm. Um, and I think that's really, really, really important. And the people who don't show love and don't give me love, I have to give them grace because it's their stuff and it's not mine. Mm. So give love is number one. I've already said it accidentally in today's interview, but lighting someone else's candle doesn't extinguish your own. It is so incredibly important to remember helping someone doesn't affect your ability to also be successful. Mm -hmm. Jeff Bezos has showed us there is enough money in the world, right? We can continue to garner wealth. um, And maybe, maybe one day he won't be a heinous human being in my opinion. Um, And then, and those are, those are the two, the two major ones. Tyler, this has been great. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you for having me. I, I'm um, excited to be here. This has been wonderful. Is there anything else you want to add? Any asks or any shout outs before we wrap this bad boy up? Absolutely not. I feel I feel great. I had a great time today. <laughs> great. <laughs> we're, we're thriving. We're learning and we're living. Oh, so fantastic. Fantastic. Well, thank you for doing this. I really appreciate it. You are so welcome. I will see you soon. Hey, everybody. Tyler Mount. You've been listening to Entertainment X, the podcast. You can follow Entertainment X on Instagram at underscore Entertainment X underscore. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join Clay next week for another curiosity conversation on Entertainment X. Thank you for listening.